Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Father Bill W., and I'm an Episcopal priest here in Austin, Texas, also uh, in long-term recovery from alcoholism, uh, working on my 48th year, so uh, have been at this thing for a while. And uh, glad you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't done so already, I invite you to go and visit our website. It's called Two-Way Prayer and uh, teaches you how to do the prayer practice that they used to do in early AA, and somehow it got lost. Um, also doing a number of Zoom workshops these days. Uh, so if you're interested in doing one of those, uh, got about four or five of them coming up in the next few months, you can write me at twowayprayer at gmail.com, and we'll make sure you get uh, the information you need to join us on those. We're uh, doing this series now on... Uh, Bill Wilson, the co-founder of AA, and I've titled it uh, Bill W. from the Inside Out. You know, there, there are plenty of biographies of Wilson that are out there, but I, I'm not so interested in, <clears throat> you know, the he did this and then he did that, you know, the, the facts of his life as perhaps what was going on inside of him. Uh, and even, even more than that, uh, what it is that we can learn from him as recovering addicts, that there are things that happened in his life that are also happening to us in our lives. And, and uh, if we learn from that, uh, perhaps we don't have to repeat them or go as far down as uh, he did. So in this episode, I, I want to explore some of the consequences of his childhood traumas. We got into that in the last episode. And It'd be helpful to vi visit that one if, if you haven't uh, done so already. So we're looking at that the period before uh, he crashes and burns back in uh, 1934. <clears throat> I think it was about some 30 some odd years ago that I came across a book. And the title of the book was Ego and Archetype. It was really my first Jungian book that I had ever really read. It was by uh, an author by the name of Edwin Edinger. I'll put a link to it uh, uh, on the end of this thing. So, uh, and, and I read that book and, you know, I just knew on my first reading of it that uh, it was an important book for me, that uh, it was something I needed to grasp from the material he was presenting. I was getting it in AA, but now he was putting it in different language. And Edinger, what he does is he weaves myths and dreams around some of the insights of Carl Jung. And uh, he was, of course, the guy, the psychiatrist who had such a great influence on the beginnings of AA, and, and I had known that. So Edinger, Edinger shows us uh, how things are at work within us, but they're at the unconscious level, and they have a tremendous effect on our lives. Uh, but our egos think that they're the ones that are in control. And that's really the, na the nature of his book, how the unconscious is controlling us so much more than the ego and what role it is that the ego has to play in this process. Eh? So um, anyway, uh, I've read this book several times and each time I get to understand a little bit more about what's going on inside of me. And, and one of the first myths that Edinger deals with in this book is called the myth of Icarus. Uh, and I think it's one that was really at work in the, in the life of Bill Wilson. And it's probably one that every addict needs to be aware of because it teaches us how our egos can become inflated, puffed up, 
And, and when they do, how disaster is almost sure to follow. And so maybe you, you know the story. Uh, there's Icarus and, and his father, uh, Daedalus, Daedalus, I guess. Uh, maybe that's where daddy comes from. And, and, uh, and the two of them are trapped on the Isle of Crete in the Mediterranean. There's absolutely no way that they can go off the island. So Daedalus, uh, he figures out a plan. And, and, and what he does is he fashions a set of wings for him and for his son. And he uses the feathers of birds. And he seals those feathers together with wax. And he tells Icarus, you come along and you follow me, but you got to pay real close attention to this. Don't fly too high. Don't get yourself too close to the sun, because if you do, the wax is going to melt. Well, you know what young Icarus does, huh? Gets those wings on, starts flapping them, and feels like he's really hot stuff. And higher and higher and higher he goes. And as he gets close to the sun, exactly what his father said was going to happen to him happens. The wax begins to melt, and he falls into the sea. Now, true story after this, hey? I was only halfway through this book when I was in, in another state uh, on some business. And uh, I visited a guy that I had known from treatment. It, we had worked together. And he had gone uh, into business for himself. And, and he had done really, really well. And so I'm in town uh, visiting. He takes me out to dinner, brings a ton of people along with him. Hey? Takes me to the best restaurant in town. And I know he's doing this to impress me. Order whatever you want, he says. And then about halfway through the dinner, he tells me that, uh, you know, he's got a private airplane, but it really doesn't go fast enough. And he was thinking about buying a new one, a bigger one and a, and a, and a, and a faster one. Hey, and what I was, what I, I just read that book, you know, I'm reading the Icarus myth and there it is right in front of me playing itself out. And so I, I, I go to my car and I get a copy of the book and I, and I give it to him, half read, eh? And I give it to him because I knew he needed it more than I did at that time. And I swear to God, uh, this is the truth. But three weeks later, he got his plane, he's piloting it, and he hadn't quite mastered all of the controls. And he crashes. The guy lived, thank God, hey? Eh? But he never walked again. And then another time I, I, uh, I, I saw my son and uh, he, was, he was 18 and he had just gotten, he had just gotten uh, his first truck. And I'm on one side of the road, he's on the other side of the road. And I see him going down the road and he's got his arm hanging out the window and he's just flying high. Everything I had taught him in driving about, you know, one hand on a 10, one on two, out the window it went and he's just flying. Well, it wasn't long after that that he flips the car, flips the truck rather. Hey, I, I almost knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So this, the, this Icarus thing, it, it's about inflation. It's about taking on godlike qualities, thinking that the rules don't apply to us. You know, uh, the, the big book says, you know, we need to stop playing God. Well, it's in these unconscious ways that that 
really expresses itself. We don't look in the in the in the in the mirror and say, "Oh, there I am. There's God. Good morning, God." We don't do that, but we act it out in our lives. You see, so uh, and I think this is what a part of Bill's life is about, and I think it, it puts it into into some order that this elevator ride up that we're going to explore uh, this week. Uh, might help us understand when he finally crashes uh, uh, himself into the sea. <clears throat> so he laid the groundwork for this in, in his early life. And I got into this in the, uh, in the last episode. He's abandoned by his father. He's abandoned a second time by his mother. And uh, Bill is feeling his mother actually rejecting him, angry with him. Uh, who do you turn to? What do you do with that, eh? Uh, and then finally, the, we looked at the, the death of his, uh, his first real love, Bertha. Eh? Depression comes after that. And it's a lifelong pattern that follows him. Uh, and, and Bill himself, in, in his little biography that we're, we're using for this series, uh, this, this is what he says of the internal struggle that's going on. So first on intimacy, his, his ability or inability to really connect at a deep level with other people. This is what he says. I cannot remember having any really intimate friends. My neurosis was under development. And if anything characterizes the neurotic, it is his inability to form partnerships. I was forever trying to dominate somebody or else was uh, being dominated by someone. Um, Big book says, you know, uh, um, uh, we are we are loners. Uh, we 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 do not connect. Uh, and Bill was that loner. Yeah. So in the outside world, at times things are looking good. At times things are going really really well, but inside it's never enough. And he has this painful wound that just keeps eating away at him. And he talks in there about his his own power drive. He said, becoming a number one man. That's the way he put it. If I could become the number one man, I'd be all right. This is ego uh, inflating uh, from the inside. His goal is to become number one. He says, I had many playmates, but I think I regarded all of them as competitors. At everything, I must excel. He's driven. It was always, I must be number one, number one. Number one, can I trace these themes running through Wilson's early life as he tries to become the big man and prove to others that he is somebody when inside he's feeling like nobody. See, uh, alcoholics and addicts, we, we flip between those two, those two positions. I'm the greatest thing in the world. I'm the worst thing in the world. Uh, uh, comfortable in either of those two, familiar territory, but the middle ground is something that most of us uh, don't really know very well. Bill tries going to college, goes to Northfield University, but he says he didn't fit in. I, this is a quote, I lived more and more to myself. I realized how depressed and lone wolf I was. It's not long before Bill suffers his first panic attack. He writes of an incident. He's returning to school, and maybe significantly, it's after seeing his mother 
in Boston. This is what he says. He says, I felt like the world was coming to an end. The sensation that I was going to die increased. I began to be seized with terrible shortness of breath and frightful palpitations. I lay down with my nose to a crack in the floor to see if, if I couldn't get air. I was just in stark panic that I had heart trouble and was going to die thereafter became an absolute fixation. In another incident, Bill tells of a fight that he has with his calculus professor. And I think this is significant, eh? And Wilson thought of himself, again, as that number one man who understood more than all the people around him, even this professor. Uh, see, if you're number one, nobody else can occupy that spot. And if they try to, they become your mortal enemy and they have to be killed, at least psychologically. So um, here's how Bill describes it. This is calculus, professor, again. Hey, he says, the basis of calculus rests in a tremendous mathematical invention. Leibniz and Newton both arrived at this advanced thinking and concept together. And the underlying theory and grasp of this thing is really a great abstraction and not a very easy one to lay hold of. And I began to sense after I had plied the professor with questions that he really had not laid hold in a deep sense of the underlying principle of the whole damn business. He was a catalog of formulas. He could apply the formulas. He was glib. But deep down, he didn't know how the goddamn thing worked. And I made up my mind I would learn. So I went over to the library. And I read the history of mathematics and all that led up to the evolution of the concept of calculus. And finally, for a brief few days, I did lay hold of the concept so that I knew it. By the time I had developed, by that time, I had developed considerable talent in argument. And I got the professor over a barrel. And I made a fool out of him in front of his class. And he did give me zero. But I had won one battle. In other words... I was the only one on the school grounds, the number one man again, the only one who deeply understood the underlying principles of calculus. Bill against the professor, Bill against the world. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, he got the zero, but he, but he, the, the drivenness that, that came from inside. This is the thing that we've got to get a hold of and recognize and see it when it starts to insert itself into our life, when that inflation, uh, big shot stuff, hey, starts to, starts to come to the fore. Uh, he's about to flunk out of college with an attitude like that. Of course he is. Huh? And thank God for him, World War I comes around and he, he enters the army. And uh, Bill talks about a raging inner conflict that was going on inside him. He wanted to be patriotic, but he had a tremendous fear of being killed. How do I play it safe? How do I look good? You know, <clears throat> he's always being torn apart from the inside. And it's in the army that he discovers that he has a secret friend. Bill has his first drink. <laughs> 
And he writes this. All during college, I had backed away from drinking. I'd been told how many of my ancestors went down with it. But he did take it. And here's what, what happened to him. See if you can relate. He writes this. I took it. And another one. And another. And then lo, the miracle. That strange barrier that existed between me and all men and women, even the closest, seemed to instantly go down. I felt that I belonged where I was. I belonged to life. I belonged to the universe. I was part of things at last. Oh, the magic of those first three or four drinks. I became the life of the party. I could talk freely. I could talk well. Eventually, he goes on to say, he passed out. <laughs> and so did I. <laughs> but it was like, I couldn't wait to get back to it, you know, because it had taken me to that magical place. And what we're going to talk about in the next episode is that magical place, that, that, uh, that um, uh, mystical experience that, that the alcoholic has when he takes a drink, okay? Um, and, and I want to do a little quote here from uh, William James. We may use it again next time. It's so important. And this is in Varieties of Religious Experiences. Experience, excuse me. And that's the book that Wilson reads when he is in detox uh, and has his spiritual awakening experience, and, and, and he feels the presence of God. He'd had it three or four times before that, but this time, boom, he's blown away by it. And, and, and I want you to hear what James, William James, father of American psychology, Harvard professor, uh, writes in that book. And, and you know Wilson had to grab hold of this, this line when he read it. He said, the sway of alcohol over mankind is unquestionably due to its power to stimulate the mystical faculties of human nature, usually crushed to earth by the coal facts and dry criticisms of the sober hour. Sobriety diminishes, discriminates, and says no. Drunkenness expands, unites, and says yes. So I think the more we're fractured and divided inside, the more prone we are to addiction of some sort at least psychologically. I think there are, there are physical ramifications to it, and, and those are important. But there's something for what, what the big book calls the real alcoholic. There's, there's, there's a taste of life versus death. And, and, and that's, the, that's the struggle that really goes on. After the war, uh, Bill returns and he goes to law school, get, comes back to the States, huh? but he doesn't complete. He tries a number of jobs and, and he fails at many of them, uh, but they're big shot jobs. He's, he, some people think he, he was a, a Wall Street investor, um, you know, stockbroker. He was not. He was a stock analyst. Uh, he, he wanted to find out why is this company about to go take off and why should investors uh, put their money into this? He'll show them where it is. They can invest and then he'll get a part of the profits. But all along that way, as, as he's on his rise, eh, 
alcohol begins to fear with it, you know, interfere with it. Uh, and he can't quite believe it. Can't quite believe that his, his one true friend is turning on him. So the lesson we really need to, to learn from this part of Bill's life is, um, is, again, not to get rid of our ego, but to watch it very carefully and to watch it specifically for inflations, that the, this godlike uh, tendency that human beings have uh, gets out of control, gets, uh, blows us up. And, and, and you know, uh, it can come in two forms. Again, it, it can be that I'm the greatest thing in the world or I'm the worst piece of slime. It's called a negative inflation. Um, and I, boy, I've dealt with this and, and I deal with it myself. I got, I got to tell you that, uh, much more of my, my problem is, uh, is a voice in my head that tells me I am worthless. I am no good. And boy, does that one go far back into my childhood. And, and I don't know that we ever get rid of these things. Uh, that certainly has not been, uh, my experience. My experience is that uh, through the program and through studying particularly uh, uh, the works of Carl Jung and depth psychology, my experience is that I have to watch them. And so that's why uh, in two-way prayer, for me, uh, it's, it's, it's all about step 10. It's watching. Is inflation happening inside of me? And is it, is it either the, the, the positive inflation, the uh, boy, aren't I hot stuff, and that's there, or the negative inflation, boy, am I rotten to the core. And, uh, and so to watch these and then to adjust, to pray, and how do you adjust? You pray. Uh, one of Bill Wilson's sponsees said something that was so beautiful. He said, if you don't watch, you don't know what the hell to pray for. And so the watching is the ego. The watching is the, you know, is the state of my soul. Is it open? Is it teachable? Is it humble? Or is it pushing and dominating? And, uh, you know, I mean, one uh, thing that I've noticed about myself is that I watch myself uh, when I'm driving and, and if I get six green lights in a row, boom, boom, boom. Man, it, my 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 Icarus factor goes through the roof. You know, uh, God is finally taking care of me the way I should be. Well, there, there's an ego inflation, or when I get six red lights in a row, and I'm stopped, and I'm stopped, and I'm stopped. See, there's where the addiction uh, wants to come to the fore. Uh, life says no alcohol, drugs, food, sex, whatever the addiction might be, is screaming yes. All right. So I think we can learn a lot from uh, Bill Wilson's ride up the elevator. In, in, in the next episode, we're going to look at some of his attempts to get sober four times in detox in a year and a half. And finally, his ego crashes. And when it does, it crashes really hard. And he experiences... Uh, what the mystics call the dark night of the soul. I mean, it just doesn't get any darker. Uh, and I want to end this uh, 
this episode with a, a quote that Edinger uses in his book, uh, and, and he takes it from uh, Martin Luther. Uh, and Martin Luther had some rides up and down inside as well. Uh, and, and that's these are the people you're going to learn from. Let me, let me tell you that. You know, uh, my great teacher was a guy named Floyd Lawton who spent 11 years on Skid Row. And he taught me more about philosophy than I ever learned in college uh, because he learned it from the inside out. So Luther was kind of, kind of similar. He writes this. God works by contraries so that a man feels himself to be lost in the very moment when he is on the point of being saved. When God is about to justify a man, he damns him. Whom he would make alive, he must first kill. In this disturbance, salvation begins. When a man believes himself to be utterly lost, light breaks in. So in the next episode, we're going we're gonna to pick up, uh, or lead to anyway, uh, Bill's experience of the, of the white light uh, that, that came to him in Towns Hospital when he felt the presence and something shifted deep, deep inside of him. And that was the thing that uh, Carl Jung had said for the, for the alcoholic of uh, many of our types. It's that spiritual experience. It's that psychic change. It's that in-depth shift that has to go on if real recovery uh, is going to be in our future. So hope for the hopeless. And I hope that this thing was, uh, this episode was helpful for you. If it was, uh, drop me a line. Love to hear from you. Uh, you can write me at uh, twowayprayer at gmail.com. Uh, God bless and keep coming back.